0: Good morning. Uh, it, it's hard to believe, but you know, the, the Christmas season is over, and Lent is about to begin. Uh, in fact, the last time I, I preached a homily was the fourth week of Advent, and at that time, we were all preparing for the coming of Jesus Christ as a helpless newborn baby at Christmas time. So today's gospel, we we jump ahead about 30-some years to hear Jesus present us with probably the most challenging, most difficult, most confounding passage in all of the gospels. It's also the most fundamentally Christian because it's the passage that calls on each of us. To be the most like Christ. But even more than that, it calls us to be perfect like the Father is perfect. <laughs> that, that's a pretty tall order. I mean, look at what it requires turning the other cheek, giving away your cloak, and most radical and countercultural of all, loving your enemies. And praying for your persecutors. Now in, a, in an intellectual sense, yeah, that's, that sounds nice and reassuring. But do we really truly know what that means? I mean, look, look at the world around us. A lot of us will pray and are praying for the people in Ukraine. But how many of us pray for the people of Russia? or Putin and his advisors? Do we pray for their well-being and a change of heart? How about all the people in recent weeks who have committed all of these horrific shootings? Do we pray for them? Do we love them? Do we forgive them? Just think how much better a world it would have been or it would be if they had loved their enemies, if they had loved their neighbors like themselves. Because that's what Jesus is calling us to do. And maybe some of us have prayed for our enemies, and, and I thank God for those of us who have remember that each each one of these people that I've mentioned, they were all made in the image and the likeness of God. God loves them. He created them, and he wants them to love him in return. And just like he created those people, he created loves and wants each and every one of us to love him and to be with him. In the book of Genesis, we hear in the creation story how God created the world, the universe, and all life and that it was good. God cannot do anything that is not good. It's the reason that that he gave us free will so that we could freely choose him rather than being forced to choose him. But because we have free will, we can also choose not him. This this is why bad things happen to good people, because of the choices that people have made that were not of God. God. It is why we have war and starvation and greed and suffering and enemies. Now, there are many kinds of enemies. There are the enemies that I spoke of, the enemies that are far off, Putin and Russia and China and all of these far off things that are, are bad. But we need to take a look a little bit closer to home at the enemies that are around us, at the people that have hurt us. Look at those who have lied to us, who have stabbed us in the back. Remember the ones who spread rumors about us that were untrue, those who have gossiped about us or judged us or mocked us or bullied us or done something to our children that offends us. How about the friend that we trusted who betrayed us? The coworker who broke our confidence? The person whose name we would rather forget who wounded us, disrespected us, or took advantage of us, or even abused us. Look back on all the people over our life who have left bruises and scars with a word or a look or a touch. Now imagine doing what Jesus commands. Love them. Love them and pray for them. Pray for their good. Pray that grace will come into their lives. Pray that their eyes will be opened and their hearts will be healed. Because the chances are, if someone has hurt us, or persecuted us, it's probably because someone did the same thing to them. It's a vicious cycle. A deacon friend of mine said, hurt people hurt people. And that's the fundamental truth of our humanity. You can see it throughout the Bible and throughout world history. In fact, a lot of the the laws that were set down in Leviticus and the Levitical laws were because the the Israelite people had been a, a people that were in captivity, and they always had somebody telling them what to do, what they could do, and what they couldn't do. But when they got their freedom, they didn't know how to how to react in society. So, things would escalate, and it would get worse and worse, which is why they they came up with the law, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, to try and stop this escalation. And it may be... And you can see, though, that throughout history it hasn't changed. That, That cycle, it just keeps going. And it's probably one of the reasons why Jesus in this gospel passage says, you know, stop, enough, break the cycle, let it go. Love your enemies and pray for your persecutors. I have a hard time with that personally. And I'll tell you, as a human being, It's actually easier for us to do the opposite, to hate our enemies and to wish the worst on our persecutors, to enjoy their setbacks and their sufferings. It can make us feel happy when when they're finally getting what's coming to them. It may even put a spring in our step. But Jesus knew that that kind of thinking Is ultimately self destructing. And we're hurting ourselves when we do that. And and Satan loves it. He loves division. The more we do that, the more we drive each other further and further apart. And the further away we get from God. Jesus knows that. And he knows that we can do better. He knows that we can aim higher. Be perfect, he says, just as your heavenly father is perfect. In the final moments of his life, he showed us that perfection. He taught us what it meant. Surrounded by his enemies and persecutors, he hung on the cross Stripped, bleeding, gasping for air as they gambled for his clothes and waited for him to die. And in that moment, Jesus prayed and pleaded, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. Here is Christian perfection, our model for living captured at the moment of death here is love beyond measure a prayer for a broken and unknowing world at one time or another each of us has been suspended on our own cross feeling helpless or hopeless facing cruelty or injustice maybe some of us are there now Angry at what life has done to us. How do we pray for and love those responsible? How do we begin? It starts with something so simple, but so hard forgiveness. But it's the necessary first step. If we do not forgive, we're tying ourselves to the thing we hate. The person whom we may dislike the most in the whole world is the very one we are attaching ourselves to with with a cable that is stronger than steel. Is that really what we want? I don't think so. So we need to break that cable and then and only then can we begin to heal and to love and to pray for those who have hurt us so deeply. Today. As we approach the altar to receive the body of Christ. Pray that Jesus helps you to break that cable. Pray for the grace to love the unlovable. To forgive the unforgivable. And to remember in prayer those that we would rather forget. Lent begins on Ash Wednesday. Forty days of preparation for Easter. And it's a time of fasting, almsgiving, and prayer. Let's not waste the time the church has given us. Make an effort this year to begin that journey toward love and the perfection Christ spoke of. A perfection that we can never fully attain, but to which we will strive day by day, prayer by prayer. This Lent, let's work to be more than what we are. Let's fast from hate, give love, pray for our enemies. Jesus said, strive to be perfect like the Father. And Jesus showed us the way. So, how could any of us not follow? The goal of Lent is to build new virtues into our lives. A virtue is essentially a good habit and now to create a new habit you need to focus and do something consistently for just about 30 or 40 days. Isn't that a coincidence? So in your quiet time seek the Holy Spirit's guidance. Ask him to be your Lenten spiritual director and attract you to the ideas that are right for you at this moment in your life. For a great examination of conscience, find your Bible, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's it's 10 chapters further than the reading that we had from the second reading today. And it's a passage that we've all heard Love is patient, love is kind, and it goes on from there. Replace the word love with your own name and see if these words ring true in your life. In addition to that, my challenge for you this week, it, it's simple, but yet it's complex. Pick one or two simple things that you're going to do. Don't have a long litany of do's and don'ts. Like, don't just like, give up chocolate for Lent or, or give up cigarettes or give up caffeine or whatever it is. And then as soon as Lent is over, you go right back to it. Do something and then tell, like pick a few things and, and tell someone what you're going to do whether someone in your family or a friend, and then check with that person at the end of the day. Find out what they are going to do. Check with them and see how they're doing. And then congratulate each other for your successes and encourage each other if you weren't quite as successful. Words have power. Be accountable to yourself and to God. He loves us and He loves our efforts. So turn to Him. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen.